time for the September 9th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on International Buy a Priest a Beer Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, America's preeminent far-right conspiracy theorist, Mahler. The fake news dog. Yes. Wow, wow. Yes. What a good boy he is. He is a good boy. He's a very good boy. He always is just right by our side. Yeah. Taking he, good care of things. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody says kind words about him, really. No. I mean, we do. Well, okay. But he's so, sitting sometimes. out there in the back yeah. at KUCI. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, kind of watching are, over things. And, yeah. 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 Whoa. Okay. Today we'll be talking about the moic acid, a private microgrid, Christian HIV, menstrual cramps for men, and so on. But first, do you have a favorite drummer? Yes. Good. Tony Williams. Tony Williams. Yeah. What about one that's alive? Oh, one that's alive. I'm just asking. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I know Tony Williams is a good, Yeah. you know, he was a fine drummer. Uh came to fame oh, you know, with I'm Miles a, Davis when he was like 17. Yeah. And then just built a fine career, but died too young. I want to say he was in his 50s when okay. he died. Wow. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go against the grain. Yeah. I thought Ringo was a pretty darn good drummer. I thought he stunk. Did you really? Yeah, people, well, he didn't stink. He's a, If he's listening, Ringo, I don't mean it. You're, I, you're an arrangement drummer. Okay. You, you know, right. you come up with ideas and you perform them well. Yeah. But it's not like I'm listening to you Pro, no. to hear something that uh, okay. uh, is exquisite. Was he? I don't think of anything no, that he no, does. No, 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 I agree. If you put R Ringo in a room with Tony Williams, Tony yeah. Williams would... Demonstrate would, pretty decisively he, that he was a better drummer. Well, it depends on what you mean by better drummer. Well, but I, but I, th I think technical skill has something to do with I it. I do. And, and Ringo kept a good beat. He did. He's a good boy, and he also and his he wasn't really allowed very often to showcase his talents. But allowed. he he could have done it. A good drummer would showcase okay, their talents. Okay. All right. So okay. So I'm going to He came up with Ringo. clever little uh, yeah, yes. riffs. Yes. And you know, good. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And do you have a favorite drummer? No. I don't really have favorites. I, do, I, I knew you. Why did you bait me into that then? But bait yes. is not bait. I like Brian Blade. Okay. Okay. Brian Blade, I like uh, okay, a lot. Okay. I, I, think, right. I like I like his playing, but I also like the spirit that he brings to it. He all seems to be having more fun than anyone else. Okay. Okay. Which is a good thing for a drummer to do. That's what made Ringo so popular. Yeah. He seemed to be having more fun. Yes. Oh. Okay. Jack DeJanet. Yeah. No, he's not. He's still alive. He's still okay. hunting around. Okay. Yeah. Right. Forgot about that. All right. Nate Smith. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I agree with Tony Ray Williams. John Bonham. And then, of course, Ringo. Who can forget course, Ringo? I'm just what saying. What a great drummer I'm Ringo not, was. Look, I, I, if you had said the most technically proficient drummer in the history of yeah. the world, I would have said... Uh, uh, He's just a good guy. Yeah. He's just a good guy. Ringo is just a good guy. You, you can't... It's hard for someone to say, I don't like Ringo, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because he, he just go, you know, smile and say nice things about people and say peace. 
And right. then people go, oh, yeah, Ringo's a good guy. Listen to that. Boom, tap, boom, Who? tap. From the BBC News yes. Department. Yes. Oh, BBC. Yeah, BBC. wonder what they're working on right now. In the Ugandan rainforest, chimpanzees drum out messages to one another on tree roots. Wow. Researchers there say that each chimp has a signature rhythm allowing them to send information over long distances, revealing who is where and what they're doing. Oh, wow. The wild apes huge, use huge tree roots as drums to play with their hands and feet. Wow. Just like Ringo. Yeah, just like Ringo. Yeah, you get a little <laughs> kick drum there and a yeah, hi-hat. Yeah. You know, you're working it with your feet. Yeah. Doing a little uh, snare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Doing some crash. We could often recognize who was drumming when we heard them. It was a fantastic way to find the different chim- chimpanzees we were looking for, the researchers said. Some chimps have a more regular rhythm, mm-hmm. like rock and blues drummers, while some have more variable rhythms, like jazz. That's kind of unfair to say. I mean, who knows what's going through those guys' heads? The variable rhythms? Mm. What does that even mean? Well, I mean... I'd say time changes and all that stuff. You just time changes? Think you're going from 4-4 four, four to 5-4 and then to 9-8? Well, well, I don't know. Wow. I, look at the Mahavishnu Orchestra. What were yeah. they doing? They were doing yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. like time changes. Okay. Yeah. That would be Billy Cobham. Billy Cobham. Here's mm-hmm. another great drummer. Well, Mahavishnu. Yeah. Billy Cobham. The researchers described one young male chimp that they named Tristan as the John Bonham of the forest. <laughs> there you go. Which I think most apes would be John Bonham. In fact, I would call John Bonham uh-huh. the ape of rock. Yeah. yeah. The, well, the primate of rock? Or, yeah, you're or right. the chimpanzee, yeah. chimpanzee of rock. Yeah, yeah. Chimpanzee. Of rock drumming. Yeah. yeah. He makes these very long drumming bouts with lots of beats, and you can tell them from far away, so you can just tell it's Tristan drumming. Yeah. They said. Well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Can I, can I say Gene Krupa or Buddy Rich? Do they matter to you in terms yeah, of... Yeah, they're great. Uh-huh. I was trying to think of Gene Krupa that was yeah. throwing me off. Gene Krupa. When he, uh, that's when that's he old. Had... Those guys were crazy yeah. men. Yeah, that's that was always his reputation for his time. He was considered kind of a ma- maniac on the drugs. <laughs> Gene Krupa? Yeah. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. They were on nuts. Yeah. Weren't they? Buddy Rich was a Weren't they hopped up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I heard. He was a yeah. mean man. Yeah. They say. Speaking of chimps, did you ever watch Lancelot Link? I was, I love Lancelot Link. Are really? you kidding me? You're talking about Lancelot Link? Right here. Oh, my God. On Weekly Signals. Matahari and Lancelot Link. That was his girlfriend, Matahari. Wow, so you know a lot about Lancelot. I loved Lancelot Link. Well, there's something about chimps being filmed, you know, just watching them goof off. Yeah. That people generally enjoy. I thoroughly. And, and, and I, you can get upset that they're wearing clothes and they're, right. they're I would, laboring yeah. under intense light of a studio but right. well they were outdoors a lot I well there you go yeah they i was a youngster and they put this on it was kind of a a gimmick thing in response to get smart they were doing yeah. get smart with with, with chips. chips yeah i mean i'm not probably watch it now i wouldn't think it was funny but at the time hilarious yeah every which way but loose Remember there you that? go yeah. i love the Clint yeah. eastwood yeah and a monkey yeah. That's that's box office gold. That is gold. Clyde. Yeah. Clyde was the big chimp. Hey. Right, right yeah. turn, yeah. Clyde. And Remember was... the Nairobi trio? No. Those were uh, men dressed up as, oh. as monkeys. Well, that's not fair. 
Well, it's not fair, but but they were moving toward that. Okay. That was back in Ernie Kovacs' day. Yeah. They they probably didn't want to go live oh, with chimps in the studio. <laughs> probably so, not. Yeah. Probably not a good idea, live TV with a bunch of chimps. <laughs> From the Guardian, a chimpanzee that escaped Kharkiv City Zoo was persuaded to return by zoo employee by a zoo employee who wheeled it back on a bicycle. That's the news. It was a touching news clip, Mike. It really was. Okay. You gotta, if you haven't seen it yet, I'd advise you just to go see it because the zoo staff and the monkey sat together and they talked it out. You know? okay. The monkey was walking down streets and across a park and that's where they caught up to him. And then instead of you expect them to go out with a net, you know, right. and the wrestle family. the monkey to the ground. Right. But no, right. they just walk out and they just kind of squat down together and it's like they're talking it out. Yeah. And then a little rain fell. And the monkey, you know, is thought, ah, I'm going back with the people. There you go. I'm not going to stand out here and get wet. Yeah. So they plopped him on the, his, uh, his best friend's bike at the zoo, the gotcha. monkey's best friend. There you go. The guy that hung with the monkey at yeah. the zoo. Yeah. And they wheeled him back. Footage of the incident brought a rare moment of joy to a frontline city under daily bombardment by Russian forces. Yeah. Earlier in the war, Chi-Chi had been evacuated from the Feldman Echo Park, an outdoor zoo on the front lines of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Kharkiv region. Kharkiv region. Okay. Kharkiv city has faced daily shelling, with buildings across the northern and eastern parts of the city left blackened by bombs. Hundreds of civilians have been killed or injured. The city center where the zoo is located had its main administrative buildings blown to bits in uh -huh. March. Last week, at least four civilians were killed when a rocket hit the center. Uh, though Chi-Chi still lives in relative danger, she was lucky to get out of Feldman's Echo Park alive. More than 100 animals died before they were able to be evacuated oh, there. Geez. But you want up, a little uplift? Go see the video. It's at The Guardian. I think even New York Times caught on to it. And, and so they, they were able to calm down, calm him down by just essentially... I don't know if he was calm. He just seemed just, to be, you know, he was out. Yeah. And he was walking around, you know, walk, doing the uh, chimpanzee walk. You know, just oh, right. wasn't right. leaping around or trying to hurt anybody. He right. just was yeah. out for an adventure. I just wonder how much the impact of the shelling had on trauma, traumatizing... And just, you know, understanding well, the visceral. How about you? Yeah, definitely. What kind of shelling would probably traumatize you? Hell yes. I'd be swimming out to sea is what I would be doing. You know, it reminded me of when I saw him walking around and they, they were kind of pushing him back on a bike. You ever, one of these senior citizens gets loose in Irvine? <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're looking for him. It gets loose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Uh -huh. You ever see a condor? <clears throat> no, I don't think Those so. Those big... Big, huge, huge birds. Yeah, huge birds. From reason to be cheerful. Yep, reason to be cheerful. <coughs> Mahler's cheerful. In 1982, only 22 California condors remained in North America. Only 22. Uh, today, that number is 537. Good. Uh, historically, thousands of California condors soared overhead from British Columbia to Baja, California. Fossil records show these birds once even inhabited present-day Florida and New York. California condors are the largest flying birds in North America with a wingspan of up to 10 feet. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
It wouldn't even fit in the studio very well here if it's no, it wouldn't. spread and it'd out. Pretty be pissed off too. Yeah, the Inca believed they brought back the souls of the dead. Uh-huh. Uh, they had been seen as a symbol of power, not only because of their massive wings and soaring power, but also because of their keen intelligence. Mm-hmm. In 1986, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service took the drastic controversial action. They captured all remaining condors from the wild to save them. I remember when that happened. I do. It was kind of a thing. Yeah. Now 537 Gymnogyp californianus. Yeah, Gymnogyp californianus soar over North America again. 334 of them in the wild. And the rest of them are in... uh, Captivity, I guess you'd call it, but it's nice captivity. Good good captivity. Thunderbirds, they're called. Okay. Remember the Thunderbirds? Los Angeles Thunderbirds? The roller games? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, anyway, the the, the condors are slowly expanding their range again from Big Sur to Arizona to Baja, California. This year, 11 eggs have been laid at the Condor Minium. (laughs) <laughs> that's what they call the breeding station, a large facility that's located in the quiet park of the 1,800-acre San Diego Wild Animal Park, where no visitors are allowed. I remember going to that when there were visitors allowed back in, like, 2000. Uh-huh. And they, uh, you went on this little bus trip, and they had what they called Condor Ridge. And they, you could look at the condors. Wow. But uh-huh. now they don't go for that stuff anymore. Uh-huh. Kind of silly. But still, it was kind of fun to see him. And I saw him one once, I believe, because it was way high up in the air. Yeah. And you could just tell because you've seen condors before in this huge wingspan. Yeah. It almost just looks like a big flying wing. Though these birds don't have natural enemies, rodenticide and environmental toxins, especially DDT, cut many condors' lives short. Uh, now, you would think that it would be uh, power line collisions and egg poaching, but a lot of it was just because of chemicals and also lead because they're scavengers and they feed mostly on dead animals. Yeah. And a lot of dead animals have bullets in them. Right. Yeah, so they get lead poisoning. Right, and with the DDT, it was making the egg shells exactly. very vulnerable to cracking. Before yeah, it's were... not like they just dropped over dead from the toxins, but... Yeah. Their populations diminish because the toxins would cut down on their reproductivity. Uh, By taking all condors into captivity, conservationists protected them from these environmental hazards. It took the seamless cooperation of government agencies, scientists, geneticists, zoos, indigenous tribes, and bird behavior specialists to turn around the decline. The vision is to restore the condors to their original range and see them soar again from British Columbia to Mexico, both as an essential ecological cleanup crew and as a spiritual symbol of renewal. Yep. Nathan, I've got one question for you. What? That was a beautiful story. Thank you for that. But, right. but when can we start shooting them again? You were shooting them? You were not supposed to before? Oh, I th- okay. Never mind. Is this was is that a is that a bit of humor? A little, an attempt. Uh, it was an attempted humor. I think you could get something a little bit more complex. Oh, you really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll work on it. Because you, you know, do it. Would you, know, you mind? You, how about? Would you mind doing a Lancelot link for condors? Yeah. Where they could have a show yeah. with, with with condors instead of chimpanzees. Well, when you, you said, think that would work, yeah, it might. Well, yeah. do it. Con- I don't think so. I, I think it might. You never. Know. By the way, there was a kids show called The Thunderbirds. Yeah. And it was kind of a, 
it, there was. I think I unlocked the chamber of your brain there, that stores there, there children's was, shows. They flew around and they did that. They were puppets, but they did that a little bit like that crash cargo thing where the lips would move and hardly anything else. They'd yeah. fly around. Well, those there were was, human lips that they put on crash yeah, cargo. Yeah, human lips was... Were there yeah. human well, they had, lips on the I just remember their lips being very distinctive in the in the puppetry. It was very a very important element. In, so another revelation, you were obsessed with the with Thunderbird's the puppet lips. lips. The puppet lips, yeah. Puppet lips. I had some thoughts mm. about that. Wow. If this news makes you hopeful, may I recommend a donation to KUCI while you're in a good mood? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI, 88.9 FM. Yes, indeed. From the National Park Service, adult female P-54, a mountain lion struck and killed by a vehicle earlier this year, was pregnant at the time with four kittens. That's oh, a shame. That yeah. According to biologists from the National Park Service, all five animals tested positive for multiple anticoagulant rodenticides, rat poison. How often does a guy get to say rodenticized a couple times on two different stories that's amazing. in a day? I think that's Condors. A, that ties the world record. The rat poison is something out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to watch out for that. Drives me crazy when like people do it in neighborhoods. They have rats. They put rat poison down, and then somebody's cat ends up dead. Yeah. Or even a dog, heaven forbid. Yeah, yeah watch out, Mahler. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I think Mahler kind of... He might have found a little pellet or something he was chewing on. I don't know. Yeah. He wants to go away and he just wants to, he just think wants about to this kind of down. stuff. Yeah. According to the Mountain Lion Project at Santa Monica Mountains National Recreation Area, this is the first time during their 20-year study that they've been able to test mountain lion fetuses for anticoagulant rodenticides. Three times now. The project's primary goal is to learn whatever they can about mountain lion population in Southern California and how their lives are affected by the changing urban landscape. Unfortunately, they've learned that mountain lions are susceptible to rat poisons, even before they are born. Yeah. In this case, it is also unfortunate because the death of P-54 from a vehicle resulted in the loss of four other young mountain lions, two males and two females, that were about to enter the population. Yep. I don't know if I have... This is kind of a sobering news segment here. It is. From the Guardian, sea lions, mostly adult females, are churning up along the Southern California coast with signs of poisoning, disoriented and agitated, with their heads bobbing and their mouths foaming. Mm-hmm. Marine animal organizations, would you like to shoot these uh, sea lions, Mike, as long as we're at it? I'm well, a, I'm just saying if they get, get to a, a mountain certain... lion, you what? want to shoot a condor, you could shoot a mountain lion. I didn't say anything about shooting a mountain lion. I was going after the condors because if there's too many of them, Nathan, I don't want them blocking out the sun when there's so many of them. And you can't shoot the mountain lion because maybe they... Uh, they might eat the uh the, Well, you'd the want condor. them. You'd want them around to eat the condors. Condors, yeah. So, yeah. That's so, a good plan. Yeah, Why don't you bring yeah. it up with the Republican Party? Yeah, I was thinking about it. From the Guardian, as I said, mm-hmm. marine animal organizations say that they're inundated with inquiries from a large... From alarmed beachcombers about these sea lions. We are responding to 50 to 100 calls a day, according to the China Islands Marine and Wildlife Institute, 
which works in the island region off the coast of Los Angeles. The cause was quickly determined to be Demoic poisoning, demoic acid poisoning, a naturally occurring, occurring neotoxin, neurotoxin. Let's try that again. A naturally occurring neurotoxin okay. that's produced by single-celled marine algae. It's the algal blooms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Wow. The neurotoxin accumulates in crustaceans, small fish, and squid, and then gets transferred to large predators like sea lions. So we got your algal blooms going on. While most animals usually recover within a few days from the worst symptoms after passing the acid through their urine, more than 60 sea lions have been stranded in recent weeks. One died after suffering a seizure on a crowded beach near the Ventura Pier. God. That'd be no fun to see. Oh, no. Bring your kids to the beach. And I imagine people were playing with it for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. You get to learn about life, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Scientists are now working to figure out exactly what happened and what made this particular algal bloom so severe. They're also exploring how warming oceans are altering the demoic acid found abundantly around the California coast is behaving. You want to know how demoic acid is going on here. The world's highest measurement of neurotoxin in water occurred near San Pedro in southern L.A. County oh, in March of 2011. It was 52.3 micrograms per liter, about five times higher than a level of concern. The level of concern, five times higher. Yeah. So it was pretty serious. The acid can be passed from animals, from animals to humans who eat toxic seafood. So you're at a seafood restaurant. The next thing you know, you can experience vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal cramps, headaches, and dizziness. Crustaceans, fish, and shellfish can all have high levels of demoic acid in them without showing symptoms. So, you know, you're fishing. Yeah. You don't know the fish is sick. Yeah. You eat it. Yeah. And you get sick. You get sick. By the way, that March of 2011 date that you just threw out there, uh -huh. that coincides with Fukushima. And I had doubt it's connected, but that's when Fukushima happened. In March of 2011. That's right. I would imagine the only reason they're connected is because they were doing readings concerned about the radiation mm -hmm. and found the demoic acid. That, that's very, yeah, there you go. Also known as red tide, the threat of the toxin has previously closed down razor clam and crab fishing seasons from Monterey, Monterey Bay to Alaska, costing the fishing industry millions in lost earnings. The big blooms are able to withstand very intense and stressful environments. That could mean demoic acid adapts well as ocean waters are heating up. Mm -hmm. So it will thrive in climate change. Mm -hmm. Most of the affected sea lions will recover, but repeated exposure to the toxin can have more serious and long-lasting effects. And sea lions are especially at risk because they eat so many sardines and anchovies, yep. which uh, accumulate the toxin. That's right. Yep. Let's, let's do something fun. Gosh, like darn it. Can we do a story about bikinis? Bikinis? Yeah. That's coming right up. Wow. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI-FM. Yep. And from Vogue. 
bikinis. Oh, yeah. yeah there we there go. We there. Yeah. Lots of them. Okay. Have been sighted <laughs> on women. Okay. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> this is the so kind little. of hard-hitting journalism <laughs> people tune into Weekly Signals for. So. Uh, Muller likes the idea of bikinis. Too. I, I don't know. Bikinis just saying the word. I know. It's a it great word. It's, yeah, yeah. It's oh, boy. Unless you're talking about the Bikini Islands, which were nuked pretty much uh, during the Cold War in the lead up to uh, the. Uh, the bombing of... Well, uh, no, no. One. The Bikini Islands were just during that period of time in the 50s when they were testing. Oh, when they were testing all yeah, the, the, yeah. the French and were testing, the British were bomb. testing, yeah. the Americans, the Russians. were all testing on this atoll, the Bikini Islands, and, and a few others. They just eviscerated. So they called the swimsuit a bikini just to kind of play down there the you, fact that, there you go. that the all world PR was coming thing. to an end yeah, yeah, exactly. on the Bikini Islands. Yeah, bikini. From Mother Jones, agricultural pests that devour keyed food groups are moving north in the U.S. and becoming more widespread as the climate heats up. This is what they're saying now. Boy, this is depressing news. The corn earworm earworm is considered to be among the most common farm pests in the U.S. They ravage crops like maize, cotton, soya, and other vegetables. In the past, the corn earworm spent winter underground and was not known to survive in states beyond a latitude of 40 degrees north. That line goes from California, Northern California, through the Midwest to New Jersey. But that is changing as soils warm and corn earworm spreads to new areas. The report follows research from the University of Washington in 2018 that found that 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit of warming would boost the number and appetite of insects globally, causing them to destroy 50% more wheat and 30% more maize than they do now. Uh, now, let's see what we got here. From PV Magazine, one of the nation's largest rooftop solar companies asked the California Public Utilities Commission to let it directly compete with investor-owned utilities to provide electricity to new residential home tracks as a private micro-utility, a business model that is illegal in much of the United States. But it kind of makes sense to me. They're going for uh, developments of 2,000 units or less. Okay. And they're going to build their own uh, electronic grid. You know, they're going to get through solar or for wind power. If it gets approval, Sonova Energy will work with developers to install solar panels and batteries. It's a solar um, outfit as part of home construction and developments with fewer than 2,000 units. The company said it would offer those residents electricity that was up to 20% cheaper than the rates charged by investor-owned utilities like Pacific Gas and Electric in Southern California Edison. If approved by regulators, this is a tough call, I would think, mm-hmm. in this, at this particular time in California history. Mm-hmm. Housing, we need housing, mm-hmm. but it's not really supplying the kind of housing we really need. Right. And it's driving people, even though it's great with the uh, solar power, where exactly are these going to be put? Yeah. I mean, it could be put out in areas that are going to burn down. Right, right. If approved by regulators, the micro-utility model, also known as a microgrid. Yeah. Yeah. 
could undermine the growth of larger utility companies by depriving them of access to new homes or forcing them to lower their rates. Oh, dear. Sonova executives argue that the approach they are seeking approval for was authorized under a California law passed almost two decades ago for a resort just south of Lake Tahoe. In Africa, they're doing a subversion of this in parts of Africa where there are clusters of homes, clusters of communities, and it's been working pretty well. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things that they call disruptive in terms of our uh, the traditional business model. But when it comes to supplying energy and getting ourselves off fossil fuel, I think we need all the disruption possible. Unless, of course, it give, makes us less centralized again and drives us out of, you know, makes it <laughs> makes automobile travel more prevalent. Right. Right. Expands the suburbs. Yeah. We, well, we yeah, we need to figure out ways in which we need to live differently than the way we live. I drove up to L.A. yesterday, which I don't do very often anymore. Well, there you go, right there. Yeah. You need to Well, I'm just saying that. it was very rare that I drive up there anymore, but right. it is such an unpleasant experience to drive up to Los Angeles. And I did it in the middle of the day. I thought I would more or less beat the traffic. It was, uh-huh. it was just an awful experience. I used to do it every day. Uh-huh. So this it's just qualitatively worse. Okay. Traffic. Traffic, behavior on the freeways. Behavior. It, behavior has gotten... But you're an old man. No, well, yes, you're, you're I am. You're waving I, yeah. your fist at people going, cut w- that out. Yeah, no, I saw some stuff that it's just people weaving in and out of the diamond lane. We're in the, we've just gotten out of a uh, plague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it has something to do with it. Maybe. Okay. And it's uh, 107 degrees out. That's another that has thing. something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, that might have had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, and, right. uh, and the yeah. air is filled with ash from, yeah. from uh, that was part trees of, that surround our you, lovely community. You are identifying elements of a very unpleasant experience that I, yes, uh-huh. I, I agree with you. What do you think about that special master ruling for the top secret files that Trump pilfered? I think that this woman was hell-bent to find something to throw Donald Trump a bone, even though... A bone? Yeah, just to give him some measure of success in this process, which is inexorable. Well, she was picked by the Federalist Society. Society. Yeah, Yeah. Leonard Leo picked her. And she was also uh, appointed by Trump. Appointed by Trump. And she's, uh, what do they call that thing, a butt kisser? She's a butt kisser. Yeah. I believe that's what's going on here. It's some butt kissing. Yeah, she wants to move up the the food chain. She wants yeah. to move up into the circuit courts and all the rest of it in, on a glide path towards the uh, Supreme Court. Well, from Slate Magazine, in a yeah. story entitled The Solution to the Trump Judge Problem Nobody Wants to Talk About, that's by Dahlia Lithwick and Mark Joseph Stern. Mm-hmm. I like Dahlia. Mm-hmm. It's I one like... of the only reasons I subscribe to Slate is for Dahlia Lithwick. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm going along, you know, I don't subscribe for a while, and then I pass the site, and every time I see a story that I'm really curious about... It's Dolly. It's Dolly. Yeah. Legal analysts lit up social media last week in response to the order by Judge Eileen Cannon, a Donald Trump appointee to the Southern District of Florida, temporarily halting in criminal investigation of the Talking Yams pilfered classified and top-secret documents. 
But it's not just canon. The Justice Department now faces the unenviable task of having to appeal. They are going to appeal the decision to the 11th, up sir. to the highest higher courts that are filled with Trump appoint, appointees. Yeah. For all we know, that Trump stacked 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals or five radical justices on the Supreme Court may also agree with canon. So the problem isn't so much to complain about canon or look at individual things. Uh, in fact, uh, the problem is not just her uh, laughable flaws in the ruling. Right. I mean, you couldn't really read it with a straight face. Right. In, in, right. Except for the fact that it was... It was tortured yeah. logic to make any of these things make any sense at all. It's also the Trump-shaped Federalist Society originalist justice system that we all live in now. Yeah. There are too many things wrong with the canon order to litigate, and there are too many th things wrong with Trump's judicial dominion to lit litigate also. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's time to stop litigating them and start fixing them, expanding the courts. I was just thinking that. What that, Dahlia suggests. Yeah, yeah. Even just the lower co courts is the most bulletproof. Congress has periodically added seats to the federal judiciary from its inception to help judges keep up with ever-ballooning caseloads. Right. That's what's going on now. Today's litigants often face years-long court delays. The Judicial Conference, a nonpartisan government institution that develops administrative policies, has begged Congress to add seats to the lower courts. Some Republicans have supported the idea in recognition of the crisis facing our understaffed judiciary. Republicans. We get some Republican votes on this. There are other worthy ideas, too. Term limits for justices. Yes. And lower court judges. Limits on courts' jurisdiction to strike down democratically enacted laws. And there's only so much they could do. They can't just jump in when something doesn't please a particular party. Right. And modest reforms that restrict the courts, the Supreme Court's ability to suppress voting rights before an election. Right. So it's time to correct the courts, according to Dahlia. Yeah, it is. But I just, my fear is, my fear is, Nathan, that expanding the size of the courts will just give the Federalist Society an opportunity, God forbid, Trump or someone like him, Ron DeSantis, becomes president and does what they did with McConnell and Trump. I, I don't know how to fix this until we start addressing the cancer that is this Trumpism and, and really... Well, that too. Yeah, that too. I yeah. mean, we have to... Or we have to make people smarter. Yeah. Yeah. We have to make people a little bit more aware of what it is they're voting for rather than just dealing with their emotions. And it also reveals a flaw in the democratic society, dem democratic process in that no one has ever made the case, electively or otherwise, that Trump represents a majority of the American people. He doesn't. And yet they have had this undue influence over, disproportionate influence over the judiciary. It's systemic is what it is. Systemic. Yeah. Just, I blame the media a lot, too. Yeah. In that they'll, they'll look for a way to make a story that's not really balanced, to sound balanced. Yeah. You got to wonder how they'd uh, report on the rise of the Third Reich. Yeah. Well, you know, if that, I think, if, I if think the you're, you're watching Times it in real time a, right yeah, now. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. If the New York Times had been around, yeah. uh, I, I'm sure they would have contacted uh, Garibalds yeah, to see exactly a, what he thought about it. For a comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
From the Texas Tribune, a federal judge in Fort Worth agreed with a group of Christian conservatives that Affordable Care Act requirements to cover HIV prevention drugs violate their religious freedom. Yes. He agreed with that. This is where we're going. This is the next big battle. So it doesn't really matter about curing a disease. It just no. matters about how, you, uh, how your God thinks about it, I guess. And it's only one particular version of God. Yeah. That's the problem. More or less one version, right? Christian version. U.S. District Court Judge Reed O'Connor also agreed that aspects of the federal government system for deciding what preventive care is covered by the ACA violates the Constitution. O'Connor's ruling could threaten access to sexual and reproductive health care for more than 150 million working Americans who are on employer-sponsored health care programs. It is likely to be appealed by the federal government, this decision. Yeah. Oh, boy. This lawsuit is the latest in a decade of legal challenges to the Affordable Care Act, many of which have uh, run through O'Connor's courtroom. That's a problem with this guy. But he brings their complaints to him. In 2018, O'Connor ruled that the entirety of the ACA was unconstitutional, a decision that was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Probably not today. No, and that was John Roberts saved it. Yeah. That was John Roberts. We're pinning all of our hopes on John Roberts. Yeah. And, and now we've and lost... And that's not uh, the case today. That we is... lost, lost Ginsburg. Yeah. Yeah. At issue here in the uh, class action suit is a 2020 mandate requiring health care plans to cover HIV prevention medication known as PrEP, free of charge as preventive care. In the suit, a group of self-described Christian business owners and employees in Texas argue that the preventative care mandates violate their constitutional right to religious freedom by requiring companies and policyholders to pay for coverage that conflicts with their faith faith and personal values. Does that mean their religion likes HIV? Whose religion matters? Religious freedom matters. The Christians. Right now it's the Christians. That's really what this is about. It's not about Hindus or Muslims or anything else. That's nuts. Well... They argue America is a Christian nation, therefore we need to do all the things that are in keeping with Christian traditions. Well, we're not. Our technology is, is grown far beyond the uh, ability of uh, the capacity of these people to see the good of it. And all they see it is, is a threat to, to their um, fantasies about God. Yeah. In the complaint, the employer said he is unwilling to pay for health insurance plan for his employees that covers HIV prevention drugs because these drugs facilitate or encourage homosexual behavior. This is wrong. He is wrong. <laughs> he, has, he has a bug in his brain. Yeah. Uh, I think these people really obsess about things like homosexual behavior. It does seem that way. Contrary to what the lawsuit asserts, PrEP does not facilitate or encourage homosexual behavior. In fact, PrEP prevention research shows that its use does not increase risky behaviors that cause people to have more sex or use more intravenous drugs when using it. They're trying to not get AIDS. They're They're not using it as a buffer so they can go out and try to get AIDS. Jesus. If the decision stands, allowing companies to drop free coverage would prevent patients 
prevent patients from being able to afford the treatment and would reverse the historic trend of declining HIV rates. Shutting down access right now, while we're on the verge of a breakthrough, would set back the effort to eradicate the deadly virus by decades. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know what? It's kind of a parallel between that and, and climate change. Yeah. If you go outside right now, you kind of figure that something unusual has happened with the weather. Yeah. And over the last uh, 80 years of our existence, Mike and I have been around the planet now for over 100 years. Yes. yes. Yeah. We watch this develop. Yeah. We, we watch these conservative. Right. In real are, time. Yeah. In real time, say that, oh, you know, I've, I'm holding a snowball in my hand, so there's no global warming. Yeah. They would literally do that. That's right. Inhofe, and, Senator, yeah, yeah. Senator Inhofe yeah, from that. Oklahoma. And that's just, and, and that's a pretty mild example of what went on. Right. Because remember, they created the environment that we're now struggling with to For, try and save lives and not have our forests burned down. Right. It's, it's the Republicans and the conservatives and the fearful Christians. Right. Not the joyful Christians. It's these fearful, uptight, uh, born-agains that are... Helping destroy the planet. Well, there's a strain of this Christian thought that bringing on the end of the world is a good thing because they're waiting for rapture and they're trying to hasten the day when they're raptured into heaven. That's one of the frightening things about these people. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, co it goes all across the board. It's not just with climate change. I'm just trying to draw a parallel there. Yeah. Now it's going into health care. Yeah. They feel threatened by knowledge. Because somehow it butts against their ancient beliefs in virgin birth. It, it, that's a th real, one real quick thing on what you were saying. It is an unusual feature of my lifetime and yours that we have literally watched the planet degrade right in front of us. We see it. Oh, we, have, we have experiential knowledge. We have, we have measurements of it. It's yeah. not just like yeah. a, uh, yeah. you know, a, a, a end times prophecy. Yeah. We've had people who are educated, who take readings, who look at the data and report on it, get back to us, and we've watched the decline of, of the planet. <sighs> From the Nation, a story by our good friend Dave Zarin. Mm. Last month, it seemed like Brittany Griner, the basketball star convicted to nine years in a Russian prison for the crime of allegedly having a vape cartridge in a carry-on bag at the airport, might find her way back to the United States. Players were speaking out, and the State Department was insisting that Brittany, uh, was getting Brittany home was finally at the top of the to-do list. Yet, since then, we've heard little. We just passed a 200-day mark since Griner's imprisonment. Unless a swap happens soon, Griner is set to live in a brutal penal colony likened to a concentration camp. Meanwhile, as many as 30 American players will be going to Russia to play during the WNBA offseason. Hmm. This is largely due to the weak salary structure of the WNBA, but these players will be making themselves hostage targets in a much different Russia than they found a year ago. While it's understandable that the players have to earn and support their families, a player's boycott of Russia seems more than appropriate. The women's leagues in Russia are popular precisely because of U.S. talent. Right. Ruining a basketball season would send a message to Moscow. Maybe the NBA should subsidize players to not go to Russia. I like that idea. Yeah. Personally, I say we trade Dennis Rodman for uh, Brittany Griner, but... <laughs>
That's just me. You could be. From Vice News, San Francisco has become the latest city to decriminalize psychedelics like magic mushroom and ayahuasca. A resolution passed unanimously by the city's Board of Supervisors says arresting people for using, growing, and distributing federally banned plant-based psychedelics shall be the lowest law enforcement priority and that no city resources should be used for investigations tied to the use of psychedelics and uh, and they said also that psychedelics can benefit psychological and physical wellness and has been shown to be beneficial for people dealing with addiction, trauma, and anxiety. Amen. Whew. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. You ready for another warm day, Mike? What is the projected temperature? I think it's going to be 100 today, and then it has the drop tonight when the storm comes in and we're bombarded with thunder, lightning, and hail. <laughs> it does It does feel like end times. It does feel like the fulfillment know. of some sort of biblical prophecy. Yeah, I, I think we're going to survive this. I really do. Yeah. I think, and I, I, but, but there's, going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of pain going on. And that's the problem. You're saying we'll survive as a species. We'll, well, as a species, we'll, we're yeah, going to be okay yeah, at the yeah. end of this as a species. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of suffering. There's going to be, to my mind, the thing that concerns me as much as the sort of damage, the existential damage to our environment, is the mass migration of millions yeah. and millions of people around the world and what happens during that period of time. Well, welcome to the soft apocalypse. Yeah. No. And finally, from the New York Times... In many Indian families, mm-hmm. women are barred from the kitchen while menstruating. Or in some communities, shunted to menstruation huts with leaky roofs and no toilets. And in a country with one of the large, world's largest populations of young people, over half of women and girls ages 15 to 24 are still using, using cloth for protection during their periods, potentially exposing them to infections. A campaign called Cup of Life encourages women to use menstrual cups instead of cloth or sanitary napkins. Small devices made of latex rubber or silicon are cost-effective and reusable, solving the disposal problem that other products create. To take the conversation to men, Mm -hmm. Cup of Life designed the Feel the Pain demonstration that uses physiotherapy tools to simulate menstrual cramps in men. A simulator device is fastened to the man's gut. An electric current passes through, which initially feels like a vibration. As the intensity of the current is increased on the machine, the intensity of the cramps do, too. Oh, my goodness. As the campaign spread from shopping malls to colleges, videos on social media showed men crying out in pain while strapped to their simulators. <laughs> Women laughed. <laughs> You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.